0: So this morning, we get to do one of my very favorite things in the whole wide world, which is to baptize a little baby, in this case, girl. (laughs) And in Protestant, I want to explain a little bit about how this works and what we're doing in the moment. In Protestant traditions, we generally recognize two sacraments, baptism and communion, which we'll celebrate later. So we get to do both today. And baptism is so important in our tradition across all of Christianity. It is an initiation ritual into the church. And it is, in fact, so important that even, though we don't agree on some things, the Roman Catholic Church will acknowledge baby Josephine's baptism here because they believe it's that important. So she's fine for all of you Catholics out there. (laughs) I know there are a bunch of you here, you want to write, how many of y'all are Catholic? Yeah, one or two. Yes. Anyway. But the reason for that is that there really is power in the Holy Spirit. And there's power in the prayer that we offer and the laying on of hands that we do. And there's power in the covenant making that we do, and which means that we make commitments to each other and there's power in the cleansing waters of baptism. So if any of you are seeking a baptism, please do reach out. So today, what we're doing actually, if you haven't caught on yet, is that we're just celebrating God's power in our lives. And our scripture from Matthew takes us right to that power. And for any of the biblical scholars out there, I am actually taking this story as kind of a, I'm pulling together the different versions of it into one thing. So forgive me, Reverend Richard, because I'm going to use some language from Mark. But anyway, each of the synoptic gospels, the three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, does have this story. And it's really, it's that important, because not every story shows up in three gospels. So, I want to give you this is your church geek geek moment, church nerd moment. I want to give you a couple of things structurally to notice here. You get some bible study in church today. So you'll notice that the bible here gives us two stories of healing where Jesus uses that power, uses his power to heal. The way the story of the father who significantly was a leader of a synagogue, so this is like an interfaith moment really, this leader of a synagogue came, and he interceded, or intervened, or spoke on his daughter's behalf with that heartbreaking moment where he's like, you must heal my child, and there's this urgency. And and that story starts and finishes the passage, but in the middle of it, we also hear about this hemorrhaging woman And when you hear about that, what that means is that she would be considered unclean, untouchable. And so the idea that this hemorrhaging woman who reached out and touched Jesus, and he wasn't mad at her for it, he didn't say, you can't touch me because you're unclean. But she reaches out and she is healed by him too. And she is healed by the power of that prayer. God's power then reaches to them both. So, I want to go back to the little girl. In another Gospel in Mark, we learn that her father's name is Jairus. Can you say that, Jairus? I want you to remember this story. Jairus, okay? We're gonna do a little bit of this, so catch on. Uh, So, Jairus is surrounded by grief. And I can't imagine that grief. I don't even want to, no parent does. But no one wants to lose a child, right? So he comes to Jesus out of desperation. And it's hard to overemphasize just how important it is that a leader of a synagogue would have sought out healing from Jesus. It's like he crossed a line. And that was a strong and bold and desperate move from this father where J. Iris had to, he felt he had to reach out for Jesus's healing. And he brings then Jesus to his home where the people were already in mourning. And they were startled by his arrival, Jesus's arrival, first of all, again, because he was crossing that line, J. Iris, but also just because they had already given up And they were wondering, what on earth could you do? They even laughed when Jesus said that he was going to do something. Because they didn't have the faith. And what I want to say is that they didn't need to. They didn't have to have the faith. God's healing doesn't depend on whether or not we believe in it. God's healing comes because it's grace. We don't earn that. We don't think the right things to get God to do it. It is good to reach out to God, but they didn't have to believe because Jesus had already decided to help. Because even when we don't have faith, God does and we already know that this was the first time that Jairus had turned to Jesus. And as Jesus then reached down to heal this little girl, he says in Aramaic, Talitha Kum. Talitha kum. And I want to tell you what that means. It means, little lamb, get up. Little lamb, get up. Another way of he, uh, other Bibles translate that to say, little girl, my child, arise. And what powerful word, words they were. Remember, she herself, of course, couldn't ask for the healing Jairus did on her behalf. But Jesus still said to lead the kum, somebody else can always intervene on your behalf someone else can be your J-iris even if you don't think to ask and it's a phrase worth knowing talitha koum i invite you to say that talitha koum talitha koum talitha koum i want you to know talitha koum so that when you turn to god yourself sometime you can already hear what god is saying back to you can you imagine So many times when we pray, we don't know what God is saying back, but this story teaches us the answer. Talitha kum, my child, get up. Talitha kum, little lamb, you are mine. Get up, arise, my child. And when you are down there on the ground, And you are laid out and you have no clue where your healing is going to come from. And maybe you don't even think to ask for help. Do you know that God already knows? And God is already saying to you, Talitha Koum, my child, get up. And that's the point, is that God makes promises to us to get up, to raise us up no matter what. God is always saying to us, little lamb, get up. You are sheep of God's flock, and God will never let you go. And for that, I give God praise. And that is precisely the point of baptism, is to initiate baby Josie into that same family where she is acknowledged as a sheep of God's own flock, as the rest of us are too.